Hey, good evening. Um, I do want to thank the pastor for giving me this opportunity. Uh, when he asked me, I was kind of really surprised. In fact, I asked him, are you kidding? And he said, no. Um, so I guess my forum class questions that I had must have been pretty good. <laughs> so maybe I'll have to rethink about Kathy's such questions. Uh, so this is the first time I've been up here to preach a sermon. And depending on how it goes tonight, it might be the last. Who knows? <laughs> So anyway, um, I do want you to open up your Bibles to Mark chapter 16, verses 15 and 16. Again, no, this is not a um, sermon on tithing. I know some of you thought there might be, but (laughs) no money involved on this one. So uh, first of all, I just kind of want to give you a little bit of my testimony. I've kind of given the testimony at like the uh, men's retreat and at some of the uh, men's breakfast, but I don't think, but I haven't given my testimony for the um, entire church. Uh, I grew up, um, you know, as a little kid, I was attending a Baptist ch- Baptist churches. Uh, my grandmother was, you know, a church-going Baptist. My aunt and uncle are still active in their church. So I was, you know, kind of grew up as a little kid, uh, you know, being in church, a Baptist church, singing all the songs. We sing now. So I was, you know, a little, you know, inversed on the real basics of, uh, you know, what Jesus is. And I, I did get saved when I was nine years old over at the Cottingtown Baptist Church. Uh, trusted the Lord as my Savior. And, you know, thought at the time I was like, okay, I'm going to be in the church. Now, after a little bit, as, as I got into my mid-teens and everything, though, uh, you know, we started bouncing around in churches and eventually kind of even went into different types of churches. But actually, by the time I was mid-teens, stopped going to church. And I really didn't attend church or anything from my late teens until uh, just 2000, year 2000. So I knew I was saved, but, you know, I just wasn't going to church. And I kind of backslid a little bit, you know, just being not in church and growing up here in Sonoma County and everything, the whole liberal area. Uh, so, but as I, you know, through my 20s and 30s, I was, you know, kind of, I think the Lord was kind of saying, you do need to get into church, and it just got, got getting stronger and stronger. So finally, by um, the summer of 2000, you know, I think the Lord was really laying it on my heart that I needed to be back in church. So, um, at the time, I wasn't quite certain what church I wanted to go to, but, you know, I would was originally a Baptist. I was baptized in a Baptist church. Like I said, my family was Baptist, so I knew it was going to be a Baptist church. And I was familiar with Berean Baptist Church because I used to ride my bike from Santa Rosa down here and kind of pass in front of the church. Um, of course, at the time, the biggest thing I knew about this church was it was the ones that the buses had burned. So, and so I was kind of, you know, thought of, knew about this church, uh, some of the churches up in Santa Rosa, I kind of um, researched. The other main one I was thinking of was the First Baptist Church, which I think now is New Vintage or whatever. So uh, by the time that summer came around, in fact, the one week before I came here, I actually was determined, okay, I am this Sunday, I'm going to go to a Baptist church. And I asked, prayed, Lord, just tell me what Baptist church you want me to go to. Well, that very week a flyer appeared on my doorstep from Berean Baptist Church. So um, if there was ever a message from 
the Lord of answered prayer, that was it. So I knew that, that was the, the, meant to come here. So I came here that Sunday morning, you know, listened to the preaching. They started singing the songs. I mean, they sang the songs that I remembered. I think it was uh, you know, Jesus Saves, I think was, you know, one of the songs we sang. I knew that one. I knew a bunch of others. So it was, you know, I felt, okay, this is what I remembered about Baptist Church. I'm in the right place. Um, after the service, I spoke even to Brother Dwayne Graves, you know, wanted to find out what Bible we used. He said, King James. Well, that's the Bible I had from being a kid. So it's like everything just kind of fell right into place, and I knew that this was the church I wanted to be. So uh, basically, I think it was just like a week or two later, I came forward and said I wanted to rededicate my life to, you know, being in church. And probably a few weeks after that, I became a member. So, and I've been a faithful member coming, you know, all the time since then. So anyway, um, will you please stand? Uh, we'll read um, Mark chapter 16, 15, verses 15 and 16. <coughs> okay. And he say, said unto them, Go ye into all the world and preach the the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. You may sit down. Okay. My message is get out of my chair. I always I thought I needed a provocative title because a pastor always seems to have a provocative title. Um, okay. How many of you men in the church have your, your chair at home? This is a chair that only you can sit in. It's like no one else could sit in. It is your chair. No? Okay, Lino? Okay. Well, when I was growing up, my dad had his chair. And it was, you know, no one else could sit in that chair. And it was kind of like he was the head of the household. This was his chair. He was the leader. And, you know, no one else could sit in that chair. Now, um... You know, I remember very, many a discussion was held with him sitting in that chair, and he would make, you know, decisions. Uh, sometimes it was like if I was getting in trouble, it was like, what was my punishment? But I seem to always remember him sitting in that chair. Um, and occasionally, though, I mean, you know, I would, you know, if he wasn't around, I would sit in his chair. But a few times, you know, he'd be in another room, I'd be sitting in his chair. He would come back, he would come in, and the first thing he would say to me is say, get out of my chair. Now, it wasn't like he was yelling at me. It was just kind of a stern, you know, get out of my chair. You don't belong in this chair. So it was. <laughs> so, and I knew, you know, get up and let him sit in his chair. Okay. Now, my message basically tonight was the fact that um, there is a chair that um, we are not to sit in that belongs to Jesus. And this is the seat of judgment. And my message tonight is that um, we are not to judge um, that it, as far as who should be given the gospel, it should be that is reserved for Jesus. We are, you know, who was saved um, has been uh, predestined from the beginning of the foundation of the world. Uh, we are to give the gospel to everybody. The, the passage we just read is to preach the gospel to every creature. So when we sit in the chair or when we start deciding who we should give the gospel to, in a way, we are sitting in that judgment chair trying to, you know, determining who is, who do we think should be saved and who not. 
So, first of all, I just want to say that um, I'm preaching to myself as much as to anyone else. I mean, I've been guilty of, you know, thinking that, well, well, I want to give the gospel to this person, and no, I do not want to give the gospel to this person. So what I've done tonight is I've just come with a few excuses that sometimes we use or we think of, you know, why I don't want to give the gospel uh, to somebody and, you know, and basically pointing out in Scripture why we are commanded to give the gospel to, to every creature. So, um, and again, uh, Matthew 7, uh, verses 1 and 2, Judge not that ye be not judged, for what, with what judgment ye judge, ye shall be judged. And in this verse, showing Jesus and his role as judge, Matthew seven twenty one through 23, Not every man that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven, many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name, and in thy name cast out devils, and in thy name done many wonderful works? And then I will profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work in equity. So this is an example of Jesus exercising his authority as judge. So we are not to judge who we should give the gospel to. We are to give the gospel to all men. And when we judge who we should give the gospel to, again, we, you know, we want to sit in the judgment seat. So and Jesus will basically has to come and say, get out of my chair. So, now, first of all, before I go any further, I do want to clarify that I'm speaking of we should not judge on who we give the gospel to. I'm not saying that we should not judge, you know, sin. So I don't want anyone to think that this is, you know, we shouldn't judge sin. We shouldn't, everyone could do what they want and that, you know, we're not to judge what is you know, sinful and what is righteous, because the whole Bible basically states, you know, that certain items are righteous and certain things are sinful. And, you know, when you start to say, you know, that who can decide what is sin and what is righteous, and you're basically just throwing the whole Bible away. So. Okay, so many of the excuses uh, that we might uh, um, judge who gets the gospel is that... Um, you know, we might uh, not give the. We might be reluctant to give the gospel for someone who's not like us. And uh, in this case, race or national origin. This one, I don't think, is a problem in this church. Uh, praise the Lord that we have um, people in our congregation from all ethnicities. We I mean we have Joes here from India. We have Hispanics. We have Koreans, uh, Filipinos. So I mean, I don't think that's an issue in this church. So. You know, that one I'm just going to just kind of touch over. Um, so then the, another excuse that we sometimes have are those that we think that are um, having too much fun in their sins, so we, we don't want to uh, give them the gospel. And so let us turn to Luke chapter 23, verses 39 to 43. Okay, and these are also people who we think are um, too sinful, they're too bad, we're not going to give the gospel because we think that they're not going to do this. So this is the story of the uh, thieves on the cross with Jesus. So starting in verse uh, 39, And one of the malefactors which were hanged railed on him, saying, If thou be the Christ, save thyself and us. But the other answered, rebuked him, and said, Dost not 
Does not thou fear God, seeing that thou art in the same condemnation? And we indeed justly, for we receive the due reward for our deeds, but this man has done nothing amiss. And then he said unto Jesus, Lord, remember me when thou comest into the kingdom. And Jesus said unto him, Verily I say to thee, Today today shalt thou be with me in paradise. So this is an example that no matter how bad you know, someone might be, they are still, you know, eligible to hear the gospel and they could still be saved. Uh, you know, these guys um, that were the, the thieves on the cross, the malefactors, uh, you know, were bad guys. I mean, I don't think the Romans were crucifying, you know, petty criminals for first-time offenders. I mean, I'm sure these guys were, if they were getting the death penalty, they, you know, were pretty bad guys. The uh, Bible doesn't say, but they could have even been working together. Uh, it just shows, but this, basically this shows that, you know, they both, uh, the other gospel says that they both started off basically uh, taunting Jesus and ridiculing him. But at one point, uh, the one, you know, turned away from the ridicule, uh, trusted uh, Jesus as Lord and Savior, and as we just read, uh, Jesus saved him. He said that you will be with me in paradise. So this is just an example to show that, you know, no matter how bad someone is, we're not to give them, we're not to uh, refrain from giving them the gospel. Uh, now, of course, you may say that, uh, yeah, Brother John, uh, but I don't, you know, I don't hang out with hardened criminals. I'm not, <laughs> you know, I'm not in, you know, never in a position to um, witness to someone who's been really, you know, bad criminal. And Probably not. I mean, you know, there is prison ministries, but, you know, I'm sure a lot of us don't, you know, aren't, aren't involved in that and don't, you know, run into hard, hardened criminals. But uh, maybe it's uh, you know, not hardened criminals that you uh, won't give the gospel to, but it's people that you think are just um, having too much fun in their sins and you don't that they're going to hear, listen to you. They're not going to turn away from their sins. So you just figure, oh, I'm not going to waste my time giving them the gospel. Uh, maybe these are the people who, you know, like to have their, their liquor. Uh, you know, they'll come to you after a weekend and say, boy, did I get wasted, you know, over the weekend. Uh, maybe it's uh, those that like to gamble. You know, maybe a coworker, you know, tells you how much money he made in Vegas over the weekend. Um, or others that are involved in sexual sins. So you basically don't offer them the gospel. You think, oh, they're not going to listen to me. Um, you know, they're having too much fun. You know, they're not going to... Um, you know, be saved, they, you know, they don't want to. So, but I uh, just want to point out uh, that the wages of sin is death. So the fact that they are engaged in this sinful activity, you know, means that they will go to hell if they die in their sins. And so I just want to point out uh, that none, is, none of our righteous, that uh, none of us are righteous on our own. Uh, Romans chapter 3, verses 10 through 12. As it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. There is none that understandeth. There is none that seeketh after God. They are all gone out of the way. They are together become unprofitable. There is none that doeth good, no, not one. But I also want to point out, too, that um, before we were saved, we could have been these people. Um, in fact, the message we just, or the passage of scripture I just read, uh, just shows that none of us are righteous on our own. Um, no one is going to come 
to the gospel on their own, they need to be preached the word. Uh, Romans chapter 10 basically points out that, you know, the how to be, um, be saved. And, of course, it says, well, how are they here if there is no preacher? Um, so, um, you know, some of us were those people before we got saved. First Corinthians chapter 6, 9 through 11. Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Be not deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, not abusers of themselves with mankind, nor thieves, nor covetousness, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. And such were some of you. But ye are washed, but ye are sanctified, but ye are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. And as the song um, that we sing sometimes is, we are just sinners saved by grace. So, but, and again, when we de- but when we decide who we think should get the gospel, we are sitting in the judgment seat, and Jesus has to say, get out of my chair. But there is another excuse that we sometimes will have, um, and those are the people that we think are too religious. You know, maybe they're involved in a different religion, but, but not, you know, trust, putting their trust in Jesus Christ. Um, they, uh, you know, will go to a church they'll, or, or a synagogue or wherever they go, but they're not putting their trust in Jesus. They're putting their trust in their religion, and they're putting their trust in their works. So we can't be afraid to give the gospel to them thinking, well, they're not going to, you know, trust biblical Christ- Baptist Christianity because they're involved in this church, and that's what they believe, and so I'm not going to give them the gospel because of because they believe in something else. An example of uh, this in the Bible that I give is the Apostle Paul himself, okay, or more specifically, Saul of Tarsus. Now, he was a successful young man on his way to great things, a student of Gamaliel, and most likely a future member of the Sanhedrin. I mean, any early church member of the Jerusalem church would have thought there was no way that Saul would have become a Christian because he was a jealous Jew and very skilled in what thought he was doing. In fact, Pastor last Wednesday night kind of talked about just how you know, much of a Jew he was and how he was from the house of Benjamin and family of Benjamin and all that stuff. So, you know, if anyone had thought at the time that Saul of Tarsus was to become the Apostle Paul, probably would have said, you're crazy. <laughs> So do not be afraid to witness to the religious because they need to hear the gospel too. I mean, when we fail to witness to them they think, or think we won't listen to us, we sit in the judgment seat and Jesus says, get on my chair. Okay. Another example of, or excuse that we might um, not give the uh, gospel to is those that are um, done us wrong or the, who we don't like. And to this, uh, I want to turn to Acts chapter 16, verses 25 to 34. And this is a story of the uh, Philippian jailer. So um, what had happened was that um, Paul and Silas had gone into uh, Philippi to preach, and there was this uh, damsel that was possessed by a spirit of divination. And basically Paul uh, called out the spirit from, from this young lady. And the... Uh, People that employed this lady were not too happy because this was their bread and butter. Um, her soothsaying was basically how they made their money, so they weren't very happy. And they, they complained, and uh, 
brought him to the magistrates and basically accused Paul and Silas of being uh, troublemakers. And so the multitudes rose up and basically, you know, caused a commotion, and Paul and Silas ended up being thrown in jail. So starting in verses 25, um, And at midnight Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God, and the prisoners heard them. And suddenly there was a great earthquake, so that the foundations of the prison were shaken, and immediately all the doors were opened, and everyone's bands were loosed. And the keeper of the prison awakened out of his sleep, and seeing the prison doors opened, he drew out, of his, drew out his sword and would have killed himself, supposing that the prisoners had been fled. But Paul cried out in a loud voice, saying, Do thyself no harm, for we are all here. And he called for a light, and sprang in, and came trembling, and fell down before Paul and Silas. And brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? And they said, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved in thy house. And they spoke unto him the word of the Lord and to all that were in his house. And he took them the same hour of the night and washed their stripes and was baptized he and all of his straightway. And when he brought them into his house and set meat before them and rejoiced, believing in God with all of his house. So basically what it was is that when Paul and Silas were thrown in jail, it would have been very easily for them to be upset and not willing to share the gospel with anybody that was asked, especially the jailer. Uh, You know, it's payback for what was done to them. Uh, When the jailer asked him how he was saved, um, you know, he could have said, well, forget you, I'm not telling you anything. But instead he responded, um, you know, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. So so even though someone may have wronged us, um, you know, we're still expected to give the gospel. So, um, you know, we don't have an excuse if we don't like somebody or they've done us wrong or, you know, we're not to, you know, have our revenge by, you know, refusing to give them the gospel. Um, but sometimes it's not just those that um, done us wrong. Maybe it's just someone who annoys us. You know, it's just... Um, you know, you just don't want to be around them. So, you know, you kind of in your mind, you're thinking, I can't spend five minutes with this person. What makes you think I want to spend eternity with them? <laughs> so, you know, you don't give them the gospel. You, uh... <laughs> and so, but, you know, we're not to make that decision. Again, when we, you know, decline to give them the gospel, we, in a way, are sitting in the judgment seat, and Christ has to come and say, uh, get out of my chair. And then there's an, one that I find the most tri- troubling, and that is um, those people we like. These are our family, our friends, our co-workers, and we won't give them the gospel. We don't want to rock the boat. We don't want to get our fr- family or friends mad with us or have them think of us as Jesus freaks. We follow the ad- adage, avoid talking religion and politics if you don't want to start a fight. So we avoid the subject and fail to give the gospel to the very people that we would just absolutely hate to see die and go to hell, but yet we stand by and say nothing. So even here, we sit in the judgment seat, uh, this time by letting our comfort level um, feel more important than spreading the gospel. And again, Jesus has to say, get out of my chair. Uh, We... um, Okay, so... um, those are many of the excuses that we have in order, you know, that we may not give the gospel. Uh, but I'm not going to stop there because I basically, you know, kind of want to, you know, leave everyone feeling guilty about maybe not preaching or spreading the gospel as, as they should. 
And like I said, I'm preaching to myself as anyone. I mean, I certainly am not witnessing as I should. So, um, you know, I speak to me. If you want to call me a hypocrite, then fine, I'm a hypocrite uh, telling you this stuff when I, you know, not doing as myself like I should. But, uh, but there's ways that we can increase our witnessing. Uh, we do know that we need to witness more, but we're afraid to do it. We know the Bible says to be not afraid, to be willing and able to give the gospel, but we don't do as we should. Uh, that uh, scripture that Dalton gave on Sunday, I'm not going to repeat it, but basically it was saying we don't do what we should do and we do what we shouldn't do. You know, that all comes into play. Um, but we need to know that the salvation is of God, not of ourselves. We are just the messengers. We're not the Savior. We, we cannot cause a person to be saved, nor are we held responsible if they do not respond to the gospel message. Um, Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 and 9. For by grace are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is a gift of God. And the important part of that is gift of God. Not of works, lest any man shall boast. So um, I'm going to give you some ex- um, Pointers are to kind of help you, you know, maybe be uh, better, better witnesses. First of all, um, you got to let people know that you're a Christian. I mean, do you have friends, co-workers, people you see on a day-to-day basis who have absolutely no idea that you're a Christian? Uh, maybe it's the people that you, um, you know, maybe get your morning coffee from or stop in. Um, uh, co-workers, uh, you know, you're not uh, that... If you told them a Christian, they have, they have absolutely no idea. I mean, they're talking about what they did on Sunday or over the weekend. Um, but if you were to, you know, but they have no idea, you know, they may ask you, well, what are you doing Sunday morning? If you tell them to go to church, they'd be absolutely shocked. Like, you go to church? <laughs> so, um, so first of all, I mean, just let people know that you are a Christian. Um, and again, don't be ashamed of it. Uh, Romans chapter 10, verse 11. For the scripture saith, whoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. Okay. Um, the second part is to live like a Christian, act like a Christian, talk like a Christian. Uh, the Lord is not going to use us if we do not conform to him. Um, don't be living like you are in the world. Um, of course, you know, after you tell people that you're a Christian, you've got to act like a Christian. You know, it does no good to tell everyone you're a Christian on Monday morning if you were out partying with them on Friday and Saturday night. <laughs> so, um, you know, be, be different. I mean, the scriptures say for us to be separated. Uh, so we are not to be of the world. First um, John uh, chapter 2, verses 15. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. So again... Um, and also, too, if you're going to witness, you've got to give them the idea that um, there's something about you that's different than what they are. If, if you're acting just like them and you try to witness to them, they're not going to think that there's anything special about Christianity. They're probably going to just turn you off or, again, going, to, going back to that, uh, you know, witnessing to family and friends. You know, they're going to say, well, why, why is, you know, biblical Christianity, being a Baptist, any better than being Catholic or whatever? And you'll end up kind of getting into a, a debate or, or just an argument. So uh, you've got to show them that you're different, that you are, that you're righteous, and that you're not uh, just a you know, run-of-the-mill religious person who just happens to go to church but Sunday mornings, but the rest of the time you can't tell, tell you any different than a lost person. Okay. 
The third uh, item is just to pray. Uh, pray for more opportunities to be a witness. Pray for an opportunity will arise that you may give the gospel. So if you tell people that you're a Christian and you actually live like you're a Christian, and then pray about it, uh, the Lord is probably going to give you an opportunity to, to be a witness. So, you know, just you know, put it in your prayers that you just pray that, you know, an opportunity will come along. Okay. Okay, also, uh, when you do witness, witness boldly but with compassion. Don't come across that you're trying to sell them something. I know whenever, you know, some salesman comes to me, you know, I automatically or, you know, get all defensive, you know, kind of the old Star Trek thing, you know, shields up, red alert, <laughs> you know, you just kind of, <laughs> you know, you're not going to have anything to do with them. So, um, you know, be compassionate. Um, you know, sometimes if someone does sell you something, the ones that don't seem like they're selling you something are the best way. Now, I'm not saying that, you know, uh, witnessing the gospel is a sales job because, of course, the Holy Spirit is the one who opens your heart. But, you know, just, you know, you want to make them feel at ease as you're giving them the gospel. Don't make them feel defensive. And then um, talk about your blessings. Uh, the response to how you're doing is tell them, I'm great. You know, the Lord has really blessed me. How about you? I mean, and even if you don't feel blessed, if you are a child of God, you are blessed with the blessings of eternal life and all the glorious things that uh, go with being a child of the King. Uh, be joyful. I mean, be happy. Um, you know, people are drawn to a happy, joyful person, you know. And if you're a joyful, happy Christian, you know, you might uh, get people that want to be a part of that. So, um, so again, uh, going back on my message, I uh, just want to, uh, you know, there are several excuses that we sometimes have, you know, or think of that, you know, why I don't want to give the gospel, but, you know, just, just because you think that someone is too bad, you know, that they don't deserve the gospel, you know, again, you know, we're commanded to preach the word to every creature, preach the gospel to every creature, um, even if you think that they're you know, religious on some other religion, and they're not going to accept, uh, you know, biblical Christianity. Again, we are commanded to preach the gospel to every creature. Um, if you think that they're, uh, if they've done us wrong, or we do not like them, or they annoy us, again, we still have to preach to every creature. And then those that we like, you know, with, those are the ones especially that we want to preach the gospel to, because maybe it's, you know, the Lord's will that we are the ones that reach them much more than maybe someone that they don't know. And they know us. Uh, again, if we're, you know, living a good Christian life, uh, acting separated, you know, we, we may be the uh, model that brings them to Christ. So, um, so I just hopefully my message tonight will kind of um, give reasons not to uh, come up with excuses and also to kind of help you in uh, your witnessing. And again, like I said, I'm just as guilty as everyone else that I haven't been giving the gospel like I should. So again, this message is for me as much as anybody. So, um, but I do want to say that this message is basically for saved people, but if there's anyone here tonight that doesn't know the Jesus as their Savior, uh, you can before the night is over. If you do not know the Lord as Savior before you die, uh, you will die in your sins and go to hell. And there are many in this church. You can talk to me, Brother Dalton, or just about anyone here, you know, on how you could uh, trust Jesus as your Savior and avoid the fate that would become the child of the King and receive eternal life. So uh, let's pray. Yeah. Dear Lord, uh, 
thank you tonight for giving me this opportunity, and I just pray that um, the, what I preach tonight uh, will uh, be uh, received by members of this congregation and that um, hearts might be opened, that um, the gospel may be pre- uh, preached to more people. And also, Lord, if there is anyone here that doesn't know you as Savior, Lord, that um, their hearts might be opened and that they might uh, receive the gospel and receive eternal life. And all of this we ask in Jesus' sweet and precious name. Amen.